You know what's spooky about today, Justin, is that we're recording on Halloween so late in the evening. It is 8.35. We are careening towards November, careening towards uh, on the most spooky night of the year. And I have one question for you. What is the best video game costume? I get uh, two questions. What's the best video game costume you could wear? And then two, what would be the easiest to put together? Like if I had to do a cosplay right now for if you had to do a video game costume, yes, who would you do? I mean, I could probably um, take care of uh, a pretty simple character. Like I could probably do like Leon Kennedy. I would actually really like that. To be honest with you, man. Like, I, I think, think you'd be, be able to really rock that. That'd be a, like a straightforward enough costume, like iconic. I mean, I got I got a little bit of the puffy, the puffy jacket, you know, like that, like yeah. like uh, so the teddy bear feeling, like an old collar thing. And I know it's not like a complicated costume, but like you don't need it to be. You don't need. But it's it to iconic. Be. The one thing I can't do is jump out of a window and do like an ar- awesome <laughs> army roll. That's, I don't got that, but <laughs> yeah, you know. So then maybe maybe yeah, I wouldn't do it. Uh, here's the problem for me, man. This is true about like picking out a costume for Halloween or something like that is that with my my hair being what it is like there's just not a lot of great characters that have like as a guy that have just a very long blonde hair i could kind of go in the ooh, it's just a little bit of dye like a little spray going on in there and that's actually what i tried to do i tried to do that silver ooh. if you remember back in the day <laughs> when i dyed it um it's actually not a bad pick, Justin. You've actually hit a very good pick. I was going to say, like, this isn't a video game character, but, like, pretty much anyone that Brad Pitt plays in a movie is kind of like what I've got going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, but, you could do like, that. <laughs> but it's, it's not video games, you know what I mean? Uh, so, That's okay, good. I'll say this, though. Good pick with Leon. What would, like, be, like, an easy an easy video game thing? That like everyone has. I that mean, anyone it, could do. You could that you could probably put together cheaply in the next. Like if I said, like Justin, I'm picking you up in one hour. You have to come dress as a video game character. Who are you going as? See, Assuming that, I, you can get to the store or something. Yeah, I mean, the, probably the easiest is Mario. Like, I mean, they have like all the Mario character out, outfit stuff that you have there, and it's really not a hard costume once you get like yeah, the basics sure, to sure. it. Um, but I think that would be like the quickest video game character to get into. But it's just got to be like a like I hate to say this, but like a boring human. But the problem is I hate when you have like a costume that is like super ultra specific that no one knows what it is without just looking at it. I feel like you miss something when it's like ultra specific, like you're wearing just like a simple jacket. Like if I dressed up as Lee and Kennedy, right, I think we get it maybe if I said context to it. But I don't think that would be the first thing people said unless I got my hair just perfectly. Did a couple of those things in it. But like it's about getting it to be like recognizable at the very moment. That's why something like Mario, I think, is pretty universally um, known just by people looking at it. Um, So I think people would get it without being confused. Because I think what you're speaking to as well is that like people who play video games will probably know like, oh, you're Leon. But like if you don't play video games, you don't know who that is. Whereas like people know who Mario is, right? People know who Sonic is, which by the way, uh, I was traveling this week and on Saturday I saw a family dressed up as the whole Sonic crew where you had one of the kids was Sonic. One of the other kids was tails and knuckles. And then the dad was the maybe most accurate Dr. Ivan Robotnik I've ever seen in real life. He was like, 
He, yes, he he looked so good. He had the like a re, he had grown a real ass mustache. Like he looked fantastic. I took a picture of him, but then I realized like this is weird. So well, I have the picture. Weird. But how, how old were the kids? Uh, not that old. I mean, I'm gonna say like between five and ten. That seems like a big window. But well, I mean, that's safe. I, I thought like taking a picture of the kids. That's the more rough area. But if you're a guy like that and you're dressed like that perfectly, like oh, I, I, you I didn't, want let a me photo. Say this. I did not take a picture of the children. <laughs> I oh, no, no, just no, got I know. I'm sure he'd be flattered somewhere, but that's how you did it, though, actually. Uh, from across the ro- across the way. Full uh. disclosure. So I was in I was in California this weekend um, on, a, on a nice little vacation, and I was at Legoland, California, Ooh. maybe one of the best places on Earth. Okay. And um, there they had some costume things going on because I forgot that it was Halloween weekend. <laughs> um. And yeah, so just like from across the way, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, for those kids, though, like how like how would that discussion go? Because you would assume of those three, like I could make an argument that Knuckles would be cool, right? Like I can make yes. that argument. Sonic yes. is Sonic iconic. But like, who's going to be the one getting tails? You know, that's the middle child. <laughs> As a middle child, first of all, ow, and yes. Um, but say like... I don't think it's from the games anymore, though, man. I think it's from the movies. I think the kids love the movies, and like Tails was a lot of fun in that last movie. With your with your siblings, though, would you would you have ended up as Tails? Um, here's the problem. I guess since I was like the resident Sonic fan in my household, I probably would have been Sonic. My younger sister probably would have been Tails, because because we were like we would have been like hanging out together. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if yeah, I, yeah. like, not that my f- parents would make us do like a group costume, but like then my older brother probably like, let's say from the whole catalog probably would have been knuckles or he would have done a shadow. And then I would have been really jealous. of that. Oh would, yeah. Like, because we all know that shadow is the cooler option. Not that cause yeah, anything's wrong with Sonic, but like, you know, if you're thinking about the, the cool hedgehog to take home to parents, that would be shadow. Dude, I, you know okay. I mean? So he had guns, he shot guns. He, he had guns and he said, damn, he would, when he died, in that game he would go damn not here and i remember th- hearing that and being like whoa like yeah like this guy's hardcore you know what else he uh, said can you imagine if they just said like if he got hit and he would just went fuck <laughs> <laughs> or um, can you imagine yeah. if he got hit and he just said maria oh he all he, he did <laughs> <laughs> it's box. everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 106 maria team my name is peter hunt spitek joining me as always is my wonderful co-host justin makovich i was gonna say something about halloween but like uh, i mean like specifically about halloween in this intro like this second part of the intro here uh but by the time this comes out it's gonna be november so like it's, it's old news okay how do you yeah. decorate how do you decorate for for the fall slash halloween slash thanksgiving because like you got a Gorgeous. lot of shifts to do and a lot of short amount of time like yeah i know what you mean i'm not gonna hit the beginning of october with like you know the the just like straight up halloween yet you I mean you want to like let it sink like a week maybe into october but if you do it too early 
then then it feels like by the time you're done with with Halloween, you're done with the decorations. And then what yeah. do you decorate for? Thanksgiving? But that's too soon. Like, do you go back I to feel fall? Like, I feel like there are three like at the end of the month, at the end of the year, it's like October for Halloween, November yeah. for Thanksgiving, December for Christmas. And like those are all different decorations that just yeah. can't really overlap that well. And I totally like, get it. It's just unfair too because the rest of the year doesn't have like these cool decorating holidays to go back to nope. back to back for. You gotta like they they just at the end of the year. This is like the holidays, like seeing your family like nonstop during during the holidays, and you never see them the rest of the year. Like you get yeah. so sick of them in that little amount of time that you just don't have to see them again. Um, but like, like I I just wish it was spread out just a little bit. There was a better buffer that you could actually like like feel happy with with that. But yeah, it's tough, tough life we live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it just sucks having to decorate all the time oh. Oh. uh my tiny our tiny little apartment which basically is just a collection of all the shit we've ever had <laughs> it's just like <laughs> like I anyway mean, like no, no lie one of the best things about the pandemic and there weren't a lot of good things was right. the fact that it gave me an opportunity to think like what can we like what walls do we have open here like what do we still yeah. need to like finish like none of this stuff behind me i saw i had a like a camera uh that was the archie cam so like during class mm-hmm. like to show what archie was doing and he was just on this couch but there was like nothing on this wall there was it was just an empty futon and i was like okay well at least i fixed the back wall here so I, I worked very hard on the background here and I hung a bunch of stuff on the walls and you can see one of it. <laughs> you can see it's just one, just a single. It's from The Last of Us. It looks pretty well, cool. You're, you're not even Christmas seeing the OBS spread. frame because it's even less. Oh, is it really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, gosh. It's that's like less, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're not here to talk about um, <laughs> our backgrounds in an audio format, although you can see them on YouTube if you go to youtube.com and look for a hitbox. <laughs> You're going to have to do some digging, but we exist. We do little clips. But if you're listening to this, like you've seen it all, like unless you want to see us talk and like see the articles that we're referencing, like you're, you're getting the full, the full picture here. Uh, just a real quick plug. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. Join us on Discord via the link in the description of this episode. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash HitboxPod. Become a podcast producer for one dollar a month get your name read in every single episode and put in the description or become a deluxe podcast producer like jay Knoll, like dave parker your name could be on the list you get the shout out and and uh, 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 and you get an additional 30 minute bonus episode every single week and like access to all the past ones like we've got a lot of content on there for just three dollars a month if not all good we appreciate your support elsewhere but um yeah you want to get into it let's preview do the it. news let's get some news all right coming up we've got uh god of war spoilers have begun really leaking onto the internet uh in for in full force xbox hints at price increases in the future and callisto protocol gets outright canceled in japan we're going to touch on all of that and more before we do we are headed over to the metacritic roundup metacritic roundup here in the metacritic roundup we're going to take a look at three video games really two games and one expansion first up we have uh call of duty modern warfare 2 parentheses 2022 and parentheses um this game's kind of weird people had access to it like like the public had access to the campaign um a lot 
Like you could, if you pre-ordered the game, I think you got access to it. Or if you did other stuff, you could access the campaign. It's been kind of a weird rollout. Um, so there aren't like a whole lot of devoted scores to the game yet. Um, but on the PS5, it has a score of an 83. And on the PC, it has a score of an 86. There's no Xbox Series X score on Metacritic, although there have been um, there's been just one score, which is an 80 from PureXbox.com. Um, this game we talked about a little bit last week. I have played the entirety of the campaign here. Um, are are you interested in touching this, Justin? Um, I feel like uh, the only thing I would be interested in touching would be the campaign of this. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like I don't necessarily have time to invest in a shooter like this because I feel like the big draw to Call of Duty is always like the multiplayer. It's like you want to get your yearly update for it. Um, and with it being just the single player game, those are always like, I don't know, like fun gallery shooters, but like there's not much to them ever, yeah. in my opinion. Um, does, is that, that this case? <laughs> Uh, I found that, like, for me, I, I sort of view, like, Call of Duty in the same vein as I do, like, Uncharted, where, like, they're fun enough when you're playing them, but I really don't ever think about them ever again. Uh, I, I spoke about that, like, I was pretty critical of it last week, and I think all of that remains, this like, remains true. Now that I have finished the campaign, however, like, I do think that it ta- has a much stronger second half um, then the first half there in the first half, there are a lot of missions that are three minutes, like just straight up three minutes of being shunted down a corridor where you really don't have a whole lot of like agency or like there's not a lot of shooting going on. And then um, it all comes to a head with this one mission where you're in ghillie suits. You know, those are like the. the like the outfits that make you look like you're a mound of sa- of like grass and stuff. Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that mission's about 45 minutes. And to be completely honest with you, it's, it's fucking awful. It is a stealth mission in a video game that is not a stealth game. Like Call of Duty has been leaning more into its stealth mechanics as of late. And I, they just don't have any, like, it's just like you are either spotted or you're not spotted. And like the rules for like distracting enemies is really, really, um, they're not good. What I'm trying to say is like, I do not find, Uh, these stealth in these games to be good at all and they really excel when they are allowing you to just to be a shooting gallery um, which is what it turns into in the second half after that mission you get a mission called blood and timing or violence and timing which is great where you're driving cars and stuff um but ign gave this like a six out of ten and people were like throwing a little fit about it and to be honest i think that's warranted i don't think it's a very like i think it's a pretty pretty snooze worthy uh, it's got a pretty good second half, like I said, but it, to get there, there's just a lot of like tedious, like tedium and, and stuff like that. Um, is there like in terms of the the actual campaign, you said like there's stealth mm-hmm. mission and stuff. Are there like specific mechanics that are only found in the uh, single player or and maybe that's the wrong question, but like do they like start playing up on some different things other than it just being kind of like your shooter? So I haven't played Warzone. But I imagine that some of the mechanics in there are from that. So you can craft items in this game. And by that, I mean in one level. Um, <laughs> uh, you, there is a level where you get all your stuff taken away and you are you are stealthing through um, a city and you are trying to be to avoid the army that is like 
running through the city and so you have to like find resources and craft stuff and it's a pretty open-ended level which i thought was pretty cool um but it's just really weird because like that sort of stuff does not ever come up again it's just in that one scene in that one mission um and that one also relies on a lot of the stealth mechanics that i was talking about which just are completely undefined you know in in a great in a good game like you want to define like okay here's how the game is going to be played right um and it does introduce you to some stealth mechanics early on, but they're not like super clear. Um, and they're definitely not as in depth as you would want them to be for an open ended level like that. Um, but I assume that's Warzone stuff. I don't know for sure or not, but, um, it, to me, it, it read like one of those things where it's like, is this what you guys want? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Just make like a call. Just make a Call of Duty game. I think. Just do that. Oh. And if you want to add a bunch of Warzone crafting stuff, like just do it. But put it in the full game. Don't just do one level. And I would be interested too, because like initially, uh, what Call of Duty was that when they didn't have a single player story uh, game story in it? Black Ops Four. It was Black Ops Four, and that was you know partially based on a lot of things. But I'm sure they felt con- confident canceling it when it wasn't quite coming together because um people don't play it as much as the single yeah. player right like the the amount of people who play the single player and the amount of people who play the multiplayer do not equal they, they do not add up and because people are really jazzed about the multiplayer all the time so mm-hmm. they're making these games that are just very like in your face like popcorn actiony kind of movies but i don't feel like it's like reaching the gamers like you or me um, who maybe aren't quite looking for that kind of experience. Like we want a shooter that makes you think a little bit um, in the gameplay, you know, mechanics that build off of each other, but it's such such a slice, slice in the life moment that you don't even really like, I don't feel like by the time I play these single player campaigns, I'm suddenly better at the multiplayer because they like give you weapons that you can't power up the same way. They like kind of give you sometimes these power fantasies in ways that you don't have in the multiplayer. So it's, it's really kind of like a strange connection between these two um all the time that i've i've noticed in in my past with call of duty though to be fair i haven't played anything since uh the world war 2 one what was that one uh which one there are so many <laughs> call of duty world war 2 is or that vanguard the, uh vanguard vanguard oh from last year no world war 2 <laughs> okay <laughs> no, so there you go yeah i don't know uh it, I just I feel like the the strength of the Call of Duty campaigns tends to be the set pieces. And I just didn't really find there to be a whole lot of like excellent set pieces in this. Um, I will say, though, like if people are going to play the the campaign, I feel like the like the Modern Warfare series is the one to do because these are reoccurring characters. And I've never played the original Modern Warfare 2. I played the original Modern Warfare 1 and 3. Um, cause you know, when you're a kid and you only have access to the games you have, like, <laughs> like your whole world right there. Yeah. So I just, I missed out on the second one, but to my understanding, like people revere that second one as like, like a big moment in video games. Um, and, and I don't, I just don't think that this is that mostly because you're, you're missing the villain of the modern warfare series. Um, uh, uh, Mar, Mar, Markov, Makarov, Makarov. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah who's like he's the villain throughout that whole series you know and and like people really liked that people really liked the characters and so to bring like the protagonists back in modern warfare 2 the reboot but not to to bring back such an iconic villain i think is something of a misstep because it just feels like if you're trying to appeal to these people like you got to appeal to another part of what makes that so iconic 
and the villain in this is just forgettable and they're just like he's a terrorist and you're like okay fine um like is this like a, a reboot it is a reboot spoilers With- for call of duty modern warfare 2 I will wait, link wait, wait, the- <laughs> wait, this one or like the other one? <laughs> yeah, this one, this okay, one, this just one. Checking, like- <laughs> I will, I will, uh, if you are uninterested in hearing spoilers, cause we, I'm about to spoil the fucking shit out of this. Um, it go ahead and go to the, the time code in the description of this episode. You have been warned. Here come the spoilers. The post credit scene for this game is everything gets resolved. The final mission is set in Chicago, by the way, and it's hysterical because it's like you see the Sears Tower, you see the Hancock building, and they're like, it's Chicago. You get it. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What tower? Excuse me. The Willis Tower. Wait, didn't they change the name again? I was going to make a joke. Now I actually don't know. The U.S. Cellular Tower. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) The guaranteed Uh, rates. Exactly. Uh, So so you see the the Sears Tower, you see the Hancock building, and they're like, it's Chicago, right? And I'm like, kind of. It doesn't like other than that, it just like looks like city. But you finish the game. And then it cuts to all the characters drinking in a bar with like the, the CIA operative who's like walking them through the whole mission. And she's basically like, and, and they're talking about like, so like Russians took all the missiles or what? Cause that gets revealed at the very end. Um, and she's like, yeah, we found this guy. He's a new guy. Like we don't know who he is, but he seems to be a big threat. And she shows them a picture of him and they all pass the picture back and forth. And captain price leans in and he goes, he's not new. He's old. And she's like, what do you mean? And he, he goes, that guy, we know him. That's Makarov. And then it cuts black. So they're teasing that he's going to be back. And then the post credit scene is um, a guy in an airplane. And he and he's assembling a plastic gun out of like different parts of his uh, like he hid all these plastic elements to build a, a handgun on his body. So like from his watch and from like the seatbelt and like all sorts of stuff. And then he gets a text from someone that says from uh, someone named like M on his phone. And it said like, you ready? And he's like, I'm ready. And then it go- and then the text goes, remember, no Russian. And then he gets up with the gun and then he walks down the seat. Oh, I was I was online thinking you're talking about Magneto because wouldn't that be the fucking twist of the century? Like <laughs> M is Magneto. Gun. Got your yes. plastic oh shit going. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I would lose my shit, Justin. Oh my gosh, no, um, no. So so like it is clear that they are going to be doing a Modern Warfare three and that Makarov is going to be in it. But I guess my problem with with waiting. Sorry, did you mind that I spoiled that for you? I assumed you weren't going to play this. You, you know what? You could have just said it right now. I will edit this video. I will listen to it a, a little bit, and I will still forget that this even happened when sure. we go Perfect. back Perfect. and I play the game uh, whenever I do. So don't it's worry. Just, it's, it's like you are rebooting the series, right, to to update it for an even more modern era than the modern era from, what, like 2008 or 2009 when that first Modern Warfare came out? Like, yeah, combat has changed a lot in the past 10 years or even you know at this point like 14 15 years maybe i don't remember when that first one came out but like there's there's been a lot of change in the way that we do warfare right and so i think having a reboot like that is interesting but to do it with the same cast of characters is also cool but like keep, keep the villain man like make it another trilogy about the the villain because i think that would be really cool and i think that if you're gonna reboot this series take these same characters and do it otherwise you're just gonna i think have this third game is gonna come out and and he the bad guy wasn't properly built up to you know what i mean like it's just a bunch a series of unconnected events that uh, that i guess lead to makrov showing up but i don't know do you know what i'm saying so 
is was the modern warfare the last modern warfare that came out was that a remake or a reboot or a remaster of the original <laughs> so okay that was a re so they have done modern warfare one and modern warfare two remastered okay which are which is the old game but right. made to look good like okay. made to look pretty yes and then there was modern warfare reboot in 2019 which is a completely new game different it's a reboot of the series but it's the same characters okay and then this game modern warfare 2 is a sequel to that reboot so my friend matt texts me and he's like dude they re-released like like (laughs) this remake for modern warfare 2 just came out Uh, and uh, i was i I was on vacation so i didn't like i didn't immediately respond to him and like 15 (laughs) minutes later he's like let me re- like actually let me pull up exactly how he worded this because I was like oh no like this he's not alone in this at all, um, yeah okay so he he texts me like, um, he's like are you playing the new Modern Warfare two I think that's how I'm gonna spend my Sunday and I said I played it this past week uh, I I liked it for what it was and he says okay yay and then uh yeah so he that was Saturday at, at nine forty five a.m. and then Saturday at six twenty two p.m. he goes. Am I stupid? Like, am I dumb? This isn't a fucking remaster of Modern Warfare 2. This is a completely different game with the same characters. Am I the only one who thought this is going to be the same game just with newer graphics and mechanics? I'm so upset. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, that is confusing. Like, I think you can buy it on the PlayStation Store. And, like, you can, but it's, like, really hard to find now. And, like, all this This is like trying to explain to your grandparents, like, you want an Xbox and they don't understand, like, what to get you. So they just, yes. like, get you a 360. And then you're like, Christmas is ruined. You have a 360 and you wanted a Series X. The itch, it's, it is just so, like, needlessly confusing. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I sort of feel like they should have called it something else. Uh, like, if, if they were going to, like, really go, like, uh the the modern warfare route like ca- call it uh, anything else i don't know like like modern, modern warfare in there yeah something like that just just i don't know um although unrelated specifically to modern warfare uh phil spencer has said that as long as there is a playstation out uh out there to ship it to they're going to be releasing uh, call of duty to, to playstation well, see, and that's he, a semantic game. He meant PlayStation 1. He's like, just he's <laughs> messing with all of us. He's like, I'm not lying, guys. So just, we're going to send it out on the PlayStation 1. Good luck playing it, but you could put it in. <laughs> and he likened it to Minecraft by saying, like, you know, since we acquired Minecraft, like, not only has, uh, not only has, have we continued to support it on PlayStation, but we brought it to even more platforms yeah, and everything like, like that. They're going to, they're so going to make money. Like, they're not going to not make do a that. lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so this was on a podcast, uh, the same brain podcast. They, they had a, uh, I'm looking at a YouTube link here. I don't know if they're on like Spotify and whatever. Oh yeah, they are. Um, but yeah, he, he came out and he said that. Um, and he basically, he basically just said like, I just want to get ahead of this. Yes, we are releasing everything on, on whatever, but so there you go. Modern Warfare 2. Um, if you like if you like Call of Duty, play it. Like if you like that reboot, I'd say play it. It, it seems like you, it's probably not as good as the first one, but at the end of the day, like it is more of that sort of stuff. And I think that the final um, twist was fun for what it promises in the future. But Call of Duty spoilers are over right now. We're going to talk about Bayonetta three which has a score of 88 on the Nintendo Switch. Justin, are you picking up uh, Bayonetta 3? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Day one. When does it come out? Mm-hmm. Oh, Justin, you jest. <laughs> October 28th. Oh, which wait was three a days ago. What? I mean, even no. longer for for Hitbox Day. Um, yeah. So this has has received pretty much universal praise. A lot of people are just talking, like saying it's the best platinum game. Um, that the spectacle is excellent. The the visuals are impressive. The combats are the combat system is still impressive. There's a good variety of of in the gameplay and stuff like that. Um. What do you think of this? I know that you are not a huge Bayonetta fan. I've never played them, but uh, how do you take this? I mean, this would be a good like like topic one day to think about. Like, what's a video game that's rated a ten that you just don't get? Um, and when I know this isn't a ten, mm. this is an eighty-eight, and that's the end all be all on Metacritic, as we talked about. But yes. like when. I had no interest or knowing of what Bayonetta was. And then Bayonetta 2 uh, came around and that was scoring tens. And like, mm-hmm. it was critically acclaimed. And I was like, all right, I got to go and I got to play this game. So I played Bayonetta 1 and I was like, whoa, this is not a 10. <laughs> like, this is just not my kind of game. Um, and then uh, it, I, I stopped playing it initially and then I eventually came back and beat it on the Switch. And I was like, I am an older, more experienced gamer and this is still just not my kind of thing. And then yeah. I started playing Bayonetta 2 and it's like, maybe it just jumped so much between the two and it didn't like i mean a little bit you know differences here and there but like nothing that suddenly drew me in maybe after the first couple chapters it changes but i i I just i just don't really enjoy this style of gameplay Mm -hmm. um and I think when I go back to thinking about Nier, I thought that that Nier Automata was going to be this, this kind of gameplay, this kind of like over the top, weird, the story doesn't really matter kind of thing. Um, and the thing that got me to go around on Nier was that the story is brilliant with how they tell it. This yeah. one, it just seems like it's a bunch of just like flashy things that they throw at you. And it just never really got me in with the combat. Uh, never really made me want to upgrade everything. I just never like connected with these these horrible American accented characters, <laughs> sure. or I guess whatever accents they are. Like there was like a like I don't even know the name of like your your handler that has this really bad like New York accent. It's like he's playing a bad version of my cousin Vinny in in like okay. the first game, and it is just the most obno- weird, obnoxious thing ever. It's just not my kind of game at all. So am I gonna purchase Bayonetta three? Um, probably cause I'm just a broken human being sometimes, but this is not something that I look at as being excited for. And I, I don't want to be like a negative person cause I get people like this game. I just have never connected with it. Sure. No, I, I think that's totally fair, right? Like just because a lot of people seem to like, it doesn't mean that it is something that you need to like. Uh, I, I, I'm not picked this up. I kind of planned on doing it and then it sort of slipped through the cracks in terms of like what I was doing for work. I was hoping to pick it up for work and it just didn't happen. Um, and, and I don't have the time to devote to this. So I'm playing near automata on the switch and that has sort of made me think like, Oh, maybe I should try this because platinum games, you know, but, um, I, this seems to be a game where like, if you liked those first games, you are really going to connect with this where someone like you, if you didn't like those first games, you, like this is not going to be the place where you get on board with it, you know? Um, yeah, I think I was listening but, to a review of it, and they're basically like, yeah, the story is like, yeah, you know, whatever. But, like, the gameplay is great. And I was like, well, you lost me. You lost me right. there. So there you go. Uh, 88 people seem to like it. Uh, I might try and pick it up before the year's out just to just to know what people are talking about for Game of the Year stuff. But um, 
it's November now. <laughs> so we, sorry, we have uh, three hours until November. Um, so we'll sort of see with all of that. Though, um, <laughs> last week we jinxed, uh, we jinxed ourselves while we recorded. We were like, in two hours, we're going to find out that new Bayonetta, inf- new information has come of this like whole Bayonetta voice actress sort of ordeal. And um, that straight up happened. So uh, I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing about this at this point, but I imagine this will be the last we talk about it. Um, but if you didn't know, the Bayonetta voice, the, the person who voiced Bayonetta in the past in the first two games, Helena Taylor, uh, basically said that she was offered only $4,000 for a prize her role in the third game. She said that it was an dis, uh, uh, offensive amount of money because she believes that she's owed more than that. And um, then Platinum Games sort of said, no, that's, that's not true. There's uh, some back and forth reporting. And now finally... Uh, she Taylor has come out and said that the first offer that was made was far too low and it was $10,000 total, not the $4,000 that she said. Um, and then she came up and said like, but you know, for a franchise that's $450 million, not counting merchandise, um, which journalists and reporters have sort of said like four hundred $450 million Bayonetta is as a franchise, like, for three video games and three video games alone, a little suspect. Um, basically she said she came forward and said like that, uh, uh, she was offered $10,000. She thought that that was too low. So she wrote to, uh, uh, Kamiya, who is, um, the executive producer for the Bayonetta series saying that, like, I thought he would understand. Um, and he basically said that, um, they could, they would offer her an additional $5,000. So, and then that she was basically like, not about it. And (laughs) I guess that's it, right? Like she's just trying to put this whole thing behind her. It's I, I would too, if I got caught lying like this in a weird way. (laughs) Um, but I don't know what, how do you feel about all that? The internet's a crazy place. You got to watch what you say. Um, and like, you know, I think when, at least when I first got on social media um, at its heyday, because uh, I'm so old. Um, but when I first got in, I felt like a lot of it was just kind of like a, like you and your friends. It was very like limited. But like now, when people are so attached to celebrities and it's like social media is such an easy way to get like firsthand access to celebrities and what they think. What celebrities think is celebrities I use that in quotes what people think on the internet sometimes is like stupid stuff that they have no basis for and they're just like having their opinions or a bad day and they're saying these things to let off some steam and then that gets picked up and comes big news granted with this case she posts those things with the intention of having a lot of people see it so it's not like yes. this is just something she was just angry one day um, she had it out for for Bayonetta and is still having it out for Bayonetta and I'm like you gotta be better than this like the like again, internet's a great place. I'm not saying it's not, but like you, there's responsibility that you have to have when you post stuff about like the truth and what is the truth and what is not the truth. And clearly, this is a situation where um, I first was kind of defending it, like this is probably her truth. No, this is clearly just she was unhappy with what happened and she's was angry and, and spiteful about it and wanted to hurt the company. Yeah, and, and I think it's tough too to really even take her at her word at this point because. She she tweet, she followed up all of this by by tweeting. It has come to my attention that some people are calling me a liar and a gold digger. I feel the need to defend myself and my reputation in the industry. And then she tweeted about like what we just talked about. But like, unfortunately, Helena Taylor, yes, people are calling you a liar because you lied. 
And you lied in order to get people to sympathize with you and in order to hurt the um, hurt the performance of this game. And like you, you may have been lowballed this offer, but like it's really unclear based on the fact that you have been like pretty consistently lying about all this stuff. And, and like I, I want to listen to you. I want to hear you and I want to like have these conversations right about paying voice actors more and, and whatnot, because I think those conversations are really, really important. But like. Helena Taylor, you can't be like, I can't believe that people are think I'm lying when all I've done so far is lie about this situation. You know, like it's it just it's so frustrating when it's like we we want to hear this and we want to talk about this and we want to help you. But you got to like give us an inch here, man. You know, so yeah, I think people be much more in her corner if she just started off by saying this is what I was offered and it wasn't enough for for what the role was. So I didn't take it. And this is what they offer voice actors. Not a single person would be mad at her right now, I think. Well, I mean, it's internet. People would be mad at her. But, like, that changes the entire, like, scope of the argument. I still think people would be supportive of her. People would still say, like, yeah, that's not enough. You should have gotten paid more. And that would have maybe still created some sort of uh, buzz or whatever. And I think that would have been the better way to go about this story. But Agreed. Right, because if she led with saying, I was offered $10,000 to play this character, and then I wrote to them and they offered me an additional five, like, and it's just, I couldn't do that for that little. Yep. It's the same story. Like, it's the same exact story. It's just the numbers are a little bit different, but it's, I think it's still sympathetic, and I think it's still like, wow, that is shockingly low. But yeah. the fact that she lied about it in the first place has just, I think, she she is of the opinion that she is being defamed by people calling her a liar when I think that she has sort of done that to herself by lying about this stuff and just by being untruthful about it. But so there you go. Bayonetta 3. <laughs> and then we find out next weekend it was actually not $5,000 that oh, was offered. Don't. It was uh, $5, $5 eight million. but a lot of decimal. Eight yeah, million. Eight million, yeah. and she turned that one down, so. Yeah, it's too low for the $450 million <laughs> franchise plus merchandise. Anyway, uh, last thing in Metacritic Roundup here is the Ethan Winters expansion. This is for Resident Evil uh, 8 Village. This basically includes like the third person mode and additional uh, Rose Winters DLC chapter. This is supposed to be, to my understanding, the send off for this sort of chapter of resident evil the whole like winter's family stuff which i thought was interesting because i felt like at the end of resident evil uh, 8 they were setting up that rose was going to have like a full game about her because there was something different about her um but apparently it's all in this expansion have you played this yet uh, i have not i mean i'm interested to um uh, the, the, i again love resident evil village and i think more of that cool ending mm-hmm. stuff could be really neat and the fact that your protagonist has like super uh spooky power i don't even know what kind of powers they are in uh disease bug parasite powers that you have that like cause unclear, you to control yeah. stuff like i think that's like a really cool like twist to this because uh yeah resident evil village had spooky moments but like by the end it was so not a spooky game when you're sitting there with an unlimited shotgun like going at a people like that like it just is like a, a fun action with a kind of spooky atmosphere um to it so having more kind of like power fantasy like that kind of cool i think uh agreed well on uh metacritic it has scored a 74 on the ps5 and a cool 69 on pc it's basically sort of what you said that you wanted people are saying hey this is more of that it is not as substantial as maybe you would want it to be in terms of that rose chapter that rose expansion piece um but you can come back to um go back to play the full resident evil village in um 
third person and and they basically said like that is as fun as you might imagine it would be um i don't know if it would i mean like like in the in the sense that like it's not going to transform this experience but it will be like it will be that game but in third person (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think more people need to play this game. So if this gets people back in and they find a way to play it, I think that's cool. Um, and uh, I am disappointed if this is going to be the end of it. What's the end of of the winter stuff, which kind of sucks because it's but that's been like the good stuff, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, there you go. Uh, that's all I got. Justin, you want to head on over to the news? Sure. Let's do it. God of War Ragnarok spoilers. They're out there. Oh. And Cory Barlog is furious. Cory Barlog is the uh, Santa Monica Studios creative director, and he basically hopped onto Twitter and he tweeted out, um, you know, right now I can really understand the benefit of having just an installer on the physical disc shaking my head a retailer selling the game nearly two weeks before release just so disappointing i'm sorry that everyone i'm sorry to everyone that you have to dodge the spoilers if you want to play the game fresh this is obviously in reference to god of war ragnarok completely fucking stupid you have to do this this is not at all how any of us at sony santa monica wanted things to go to be clear i was expressing my frustrations in the first suite not advocating for that at all not the future I wanted as a gamer or dev. Just so beyond frustrated, it feel terrible for the team. This whole ordeally, this whole ordeal is incredibly stressful for all of us. Mental health break time. So basically, God of War spoilers are out there, and Corey Barlog and uh, a lot of people are mad about it. Um, I I get why people are mad. It, it sucks because, uh, I mean, this game has been in the works for what four years at this point that we've been waiting for this. And, um, the story is really what this game sort of hangs its hat on. It feels like for every major Sony release, there have been some pretty big spoilers for the story. Um, but yeah, how do you, how do you take this? Um, I'm worried about like, I think I, first of all, Corey, like, I know, I know this has like been, been your life for so long, but like, like don't let this ruin your celebration lap for this game because this game is yeah. still going to do well it's going to sell well it's going to be a good game um so for like i and i know like when stuff like this happens it can it can ruin a day um and i hope this doesn't ruin their launch the the thing that i worry about is one thing that a lot of these games do nintendo does this a lot uh, sony does it a lot with its first party games is make sure that uh people get these games early um i mean this game has been out in the wild for couple weeks already in terms of reviewers having it and previewing it yeah um they had a initial uh embargo like last week uh, for the, a certain amount of the game that people could talk about i believe yeah. the review embargo is ne- the, uh thursday when is the, do you like know the when that third is? the third yeah yeah uh, thursday november 3rd so yeah um yeah. so it, that's coming up um so uh, I worry that companies are going to do this less and less and have these games uh, giving people plenty of time to talk about it, drum up excitement about it because they're worried it's going to get stolen, not stolen, or people are going to release or talk about it. This seems like it's even worse because it's a retailer. Do you know what retailer it was that did this? No, uh, he tweeted that, but I, I don't know what he's specifically talking about. I don't know if there was something that was going around with this or what, but like... 
yeah i don't know exactly what like he's referring to when it comes to like this specific retailer he's talking about yeah like i I think that is like a concerning thing um but this stuff happens all the time i think and it happens way too often but also like i know spoilers are a big deal but like this happens I think this was with the Rockstar stuff that um, Neil Druckmann tweeted out, like, this sucks. It always sucks. And, like, you know, someone who is who been working on these games, like, you never want things to come out this way. But at the end of the day, your game will come out and it will be excellent and people will love it. And the spoilers will be a footnote on the Wikipedia page for the game or not even maybe even that. Right it will be such a footnote of all of this and like it will not be what the game is remembered for. That's not to say it doesn't suck. That's not to say like this isn't extremely disappointing for the people who've been working on it. But like I, I, I like I get the frustration, but it is also just like this will not ruin the game. I promise like people will still love this. This is not the only reason why people are, are coming for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just goes back to, I think the, the bigger thing is the, is the people who, like get this stuff and then post about it and then try to get other people to find out about it. And then it just creates this like culture of negativity. I just wish like, I don't know like what it would take for people just to be better people. And even if this game was sold by a retailer and from what I'm looking here, um, it was, they just said it was, uh, an an outlet store. They didn't really say like what it was. And I think they don't want to like advertise for the store, obviously. Um, but, uh, like when, this stuff happens like why do people their first thing is that well we got to find a way to to publish it profit off of it get clicks off of this like that is the stuff that is just the most disappointing and i think like that is just uh, is that human nature is that like what people do when they get this information and they try to like you know get fame and notoriety from this stuff because that's shitty and i really hope that um people like don't ruin stuff for other people and they they try to keep this stuff hushed and at least allow you to find out whatever spoilers are, are, are major in this game don't get out there. Because there was something really cool about the ending of God of War. Um, yeah. How you found out the, you know, like the whole story and you find out who characters are and it was a really cool ending. But I don't even think knowing that would have ruined my experience with the game. But it was cool to find it out. Uh, let me say this. I knew how that game ended um, and I still thought it was an effective an affecting moment. Yeah. But like I, I, I get it. Like I, I, I get that people don't like spoilers and like I completely understand that. But for me, like. I don't know, I, I try to avoid spoilers, but like when things get spoiled for me, it, to me, it's usually not the end of the world. Because there's so many like a spoiler completely out of context is like removing so much from it. Like if you told me, uh, I guess spoilers for last of us too. If you, if you told me before that game, like, Oh, Joel dies. Like I would not be happy to hear that. But then when I would play the game, like, I don't know how, I don't know when I don't, you know what I mean? Like, like there's just so much to it that like, I, if I hear that would assume he dies at the end because that's just how I would assume it. So then, playing the game finding out like oh he dies like right at the start like that's like the whole game um it's still effective you know what i mean like like just something out of context doesn't to me really uh completely ruin an experience although people 
I, I know different people get different mileage out of those sorts of things. So it's that's just my experience. And with I think it. too with with the Naughty Dog thing, I think some of the leaks that were out there with it, it was like the scene. And like it was, a, it was a couple things of text that said um, uh, it was like Joel dies by this way and you get to play as the person who does it. Sure. Like that was like some of the spoiler stuff that come out that people were mad about. But boy, does not that not tell any of that story. Like I feel like even knowing that, like to me, like having like a little bit of a, of a figuring that this would happen, I was not expecting that to happen so soon. I was not expecting it to happen in the way it did. I was not expecting that second half turn and everything like that. Like there's so many like things about it that I think even knowing that spoiler or knowing mm-hmm. it kind of like just set my expectations one way and then it allowed me to go a completely different way. Um, yeah. And I think that's what good storytelling is. And I, I have faith. I say this today, Halloween, a few more days until November, hours till November, that God of War Ragnarok is going to have those moments. And even if you know the story, the performances and the actors and the presentation of everything is going to more than, than make up for what you found out in a spoiler from a screenshot. Agreed. And people get so weird about spoilers too. Like uh, people will like think that... <laughs> the premise of something is a spoiler you you, you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like uh, I, I guess i'm having a hard time like i'm not trying to just like make up a guy you know what i mean and be like fuck that person because <laughs> like that's just not how it works but like people it's, it's very hard to say anything concrete about a game and its story and anything otherwise people are going to be like spoilers when it's like no this is like the inciting incident of the video game <laughs> like this is like what the story is about you know um, and it's so wild too because I, for, when I personally write a review of a video game or, or try and talk about a game, uh, so little of the time when I am reviewing it, I think is actually devoted to the moments, moment narrative beats. You know, like I'll, I'll mention the premise of the of a story and I'll mention whether or not I think it was effective, but I'm not going to be out here saying like. I'm not going to be out here like giving a, a rundown of every single narrative beat because to me that's not what's important about a review or or something like that, but. I don't know. Even if someone was like, hey, in the quarry, it is about werewolves. I would be like, oh, okay, Yeah, that's the premise. But I think a lot of people would be like, "Okay, well, that was a spoiler. You know, yeah, Um, I like to think of it like uh, as a as an English teacher, um, when you go ahead and start teaching a book, um, when you teach Romeo and Juliet, hey, guess what, everyone? Romeo and Juliet, they're gonna die at the end of this. First of all, they sure. say that in the in the you know beginning of it, but like of the the yeah yeah, but like that is like you're you're forming context, and I think a lot of times with books, the logic is you're gonna read this once, most of these students, and they're never gonna come back to it. So you're right. like helping them get to that moment sooner. Like, so they can, like, as they're reading it, well, what leads to that moment? And I think the same thing goes with a video game, knowing how it ends or knowing a key moment to it, it allows you to know how you got to that point and follow the characters to that point. Cause last of us part two, it's a 24 hour game. Like it's hard to beat it less time than that. Right. (laughs) And like, you know, the thought of people playing that game twice back to back so soon after each other, um, I sure some people do it, but like, that's a big ask for people. So like being able to like experience that like second set of eyes already on your first time going it, knowing where it's going to lead. I think that's a fascinating way to study things, to understand things better. So I'm not advocating for spoiling here, but I am, uh, I, I really am, uh, feeling for, uh, uh, Santa Monica Studios for for feeling like they have been punched in the gut like this. Like to me, that's the hardest thing to see because this should be a moment of of just enjoying what's coming for this game. Uh, greed. Uh, Justin, 
Microsoft has announced that they are uh, there are currently no plans to increase um, prices for the Xbox Series X and S. However, that kind of has a, a has a very important word in it, doesn't it? Like mm-hmm. currently, right? Like that implies a lot that like, oh, well, right now we don't have intentions of that. Um, there's a lot of ways to infer what that means, right? But people are sort of having a field day with this. They basically said that they're not interested in increasing um, the, the price of the Xbox Series X or S um, for this holiday season at the current time, right? And, and that, that keeping that price the same is very important for this particular season, which, hey, I get it. It makes sense. Um, how do you take the idea that it, how would you how would you feel if they decided to increase the prices of their consoles? It's it's seemingly unprecedented. Most of the time, video game consoles go down. I get that. Um, I think it is part of the reality of of the world that we're in here. Um, and I mm-hmm. think uh, part of it is that technology is getting more and more expensive. I mean, the fact that an Xbox Series X is the price is cheaper than the price of a graphics card that you need for a gaming PC. Yeah. You know, like it's like similar to that and like how affordable these consoles are and how it's pretty frequent that these consoles are selling at a loss for uh, except for your Nintendo because they are cheap like that. But that these consoles are selling for a loss and like I, I it makes sense to me um, and there's clearly a demand for it and the market is still calling for people to buy these things. And yeah, it's easier to buy a, a Series X now. It's easier to buy a PlayStation 5 now. Not accessibly easy, but easier. Yeah. Um, like you can get these things and if people are still willing to pay money for it, you saw how they, they, they spent so much more money on, on eBay and other places to, to buy it, you know, resale and stuff. Uh, you know, if people are upset with it, they'll stop buying it. And if people stop buying it, they'll lower the prices. So mm-hmm. I, I think it, it only is going to make sense that, that prices of things in video games go up specifically when we keep talking about, you know, the, the crunch culture, how much video games are to make, how much it costs to make good video games, how voice actors aren't getting paid enough, how game testers aren't getting paid enough, how, you know, all these people, like there's so many people that deserve to get more money and you know how they get more money, raise the price of things, right? Like that's the easiest way to do that. Um, so uh, yeah, I think this is bound to happen. Uh, does this imply that um, Game Pass is going up too? Okay, so so here's the thing. It doesn't imply anything. It implies what it says. What I mean, okay, like it, we are inferring that they are saying prices aren't changing current right now, but they will in the future, and that's an inf- inference based on like what they the specific wording that they used right it could mean that in the future prices for things will go up but they didn't say that like i know that they can't say that but it it could mean that they're going to go up that game pass is going to go up that other things are going to go up but if they are planning on releasing that like family plan for what 30 bucks which is i think did we get confirmation on that? I thought we did, right? Or was that just a rumor? I know, I know it was like they were testing it in some places, so yes. Right, but like if they are planning on doing that for $30 and Game Pass Ultimate right now is 15 for one, 
it would be the sort of thing where like, if that's going to be 30 bucks and you're going to raise the price to at least $20 for one person, then like, you're just going to get a bunch of people doing the family pass and you're going to be losing out on money, right? You're going to be losing out on cash from that. So I don't know. Um, I've seen a lot of people just like raising the alarm bells about this, that they are going to be increasing their prices. Um, and I'm just, I'm not sure yet based on the way that they're speaking. It's a calculated way, right? It leaves a lot of ambiguity in the air about like what they are planning on doing because currently they're not changing anything. But what that does imply is that in the future they might be changing all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure yet. Uh, we, we sort of talked about this with, the prices of the PS five going up where like, it just doesn't make sense, especially because of like how little they actually increase the prices of like by $50 ish, you know, most places it would be odd. To me, the Xbox series S the selling point is it is so great because it's so cheap. And if you are going to raise that price, let's say a hundred bucks to so that it's $400 as opposed to $300. Like, I think it really starts to lose a lot of its shine and its merit as an inexpensive console. Right. I don't know. Do you, do you know what I'm sort of saying there? Yeah. I just, I, the way I see it, the console side of things, I think console prices are going up and I really feel like, that Microsoft is being very forward thinking here about how do you make gaming more affordable to people? And if you can stream your, your games from anywhere and you don't need a console, then you don't have to rely on that investment that most of these companies lose money on anyway. So yeah, yeah, by the way, they said, uh, I I had this in front of me. I don't have it right now. Uh, but they said that, um, they're losing $200 on every Xbox console, at least. So, I mean, that, that's console. exactly what I mean. So they're losing that much money. Raising it doesn't really, is a drop in the bucket. I'm sure it helps a little bit, but like, yeah. they still lose money on that. So, like, and part of that is because this technology is expensive and it keeps getting more expensive and prices have been relatively low for these things for a long time. I mean, the Series S, you just said, is $300. And for what it's worth... There is not, in my opinion, there is nothing on the Xbox Series X or S or PS5 that truly warrants the new hardware. I I mean, like a handful of small examples, Returnal, end of list. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would say it probably makes it a little bit easier for game developers to make stuff that they don't have to fully optimize everything. Like, of course, the, the amount of time it took to to make The Last of Us Part Two looks like look like it did. Obviously, it would be easier to do that on a PS5 than it would be on yes. a PS4. So I agree. I agree that the the graphical shifts aren't like crazy. Um, but like, let's the like. The, the series s is still awesome you get game pass you you know you, there's so many things that you can get on that you can still stream stuff through it like there's so much that you could do on that series s and it's so cheap and affordable that anyone can play it so i really yes. think microsoft is being so forward thinking by looking to streaming and streaming is not perfect but like streaming is going to be the thing that is going to be the thing to make more profit that is going to be taking out the middleman about shipping the the hardware to people to stores to having people do that all this kerfuffle yeah. about not being able to do it can you imagine if like on 
launch day of PS5 if it was just like a stick that people could put into their TV or like a thing that they just turn on the internet and then every single person who wants to play Astro's Playroom day one could just have done it without even having to worry about right. getting in line. Like, who wouldn't want that? That's a better thing for consumers, for PlayStation, for anyone who does that. So, yeah, I think, to me, that is, like, inevitable. I think prices are going to go up. Things are getting more expensive. Game Pass going up, I know that's like still one of the best deals in gaming. Um, I have not really touched uh, that much of my Game Pass, like, to the point where I've really invested in it for a while. And I just had another one of my every three months, fifteen like, $45 uh charges come up yeah. and i was like oh that's how they're getting you <laughs> that's how they're getting you, all this money <laughs> you played uh, plague tale yeah i, I mean I, yeah I, I, sorry i know what you're saying no no I, I mean like honestly like it is such a great deal but like at a certain point like when i'm playing these new games I, i'm trying to think of the last game i sat down and finished that i could only play on um game pass he says buying persona 5 royal for switch when i can play it for free but like you know there you go um and yeah i played plague tale and everything and i think like there's definitely things that i get use out of that and not that i'm saying i'm like i can't like i'm privileged enough to be able to afford that every three months and like be fine with it um but like that's a different story than if if it's 20 dollars a month and then it becomes 60 dollars every three months and then it's like well i could just wait to play plague tale yeah but and to clarify, this is what ex- the Phil Spencer said uh, on in a event for Wash. Uh, what is this? WSJ Live. I just had that in front of me. Um, Washington Street Journal. Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Yeah. Wall Street Journal Live. Uh, he said, I do think at some point we'll have to raise the prices on certain things. But going into this holiday season, we thought it was important to maintain prices. We've held prices on our consoles. We've held prices on our games and our subscription. I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. I do think at some point we'll have to raise the prices on certain things. So, I mean, that is a very ambiguous answer, right? It could be a lot of things. He's does mention consoles subscription prices and games those are the three things they sell right (laughs) and he says at some point i I don't know like to me this is ambiguous enough to to have to say like i don't know at this point what there is that we can really concretely say about this other than like hey it would (laughs) suck if those prices went up because then i think recommending someone buy a um new console like gets tougher in my opinion I think at a certain point, if you're Phil Spencer, why do you fucking talk anymore? Because really part of this is him just trying to give a nice, honest answer. And people are yes. like, well, you're saying it's going to go up? What are you talking yeah. about? It's going up? Like headlines come off it. We talk about it for like 15 minutes. And like, it just is like one of those things like, all right, all right. He's just saying something. He's probably reading this and he's like. <sighs> he's probably listening because he's one of our listeners. He's Yeah, he's our best friend. I, I throw every major decision I make by him in terms of my spending on video games. And he's really Actually, supportive. This is true. He told me this. He he texted me this, uh, Phil, because we call him Phil. You have his number. Uh, yeah, we're in the group chat. He's the. Uh, you haven't saved it yet. Oh, okay. He's the in one. I don't know. Got it. it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I thought he was really uh, no, insightful. He because he says he actually he doesn't listen to the podcast, but he watches all the pod clips on YouTube. Yeah, every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All the all the new ones that we post. But so there you go. Um, who knows what this will what this means for the future? But um, I don't know. It seems like they will potentially increase prices in at some point, um, but we'll just have to stay tuned to find out when that is. 
Callisto Protocol, a game that I am looking forward to, um, has just straight up been canceled. For, it's Japan, Japanese releases just straight up been canceled um, because they were not able to, uh, and they, sorry, being Striking Distance Studio, um, was not able to pass the zero rating, which is like the Japanese ESRB type thing, um, without changing content. Uh, that would change the overall experience of the game. Uh, this is what they tweeted. Um, so they, they tweeted in Japanese. Um, this this was has been translated by Video Games Chronicle in a um, in an article titled Callisto Protocol Cancelled in Japan After Developer Decides Against Cuts by Andy Robinson. Link to that is in the description of this episode. They said this. We've decided to discontinue the Japanese version of the Callisto Protocol. We have determined that the game cannot pass the zero rating in its current state and that changing the content will not provide the experience that players expect. We would appreciate your understanding in Japan. Um, the account concluded a statement by saying it would provide refunds to those who had pre-ordered the title. Um, so, yeah. What do you think of this? So, um... I, I was trying to like find out if there's anything about this in the past um, with other things that happened in Japan. Mm. Um, and uh, there have been certain lines that they draw with uh, specific gore. Um, and this is according to an article by Polygon uh, called The Closer Protocol Proves Too Violent uh, for Japanese Censors. Um, and they basically say in it... Um, dismemberment is a particular taboo yeah. 2020's the last of us part two for example had all dismemberment removed from its japanese release as well as a sex scene edited to obtain its z rating um and kind of in you know line with that striking distance studios has before talked about how they are proud of the brutality and gore in the game so it doesn't sound like they're going to be uh changing that um and this polygon article is written by ali welsh um as well you know it's hard you know with, with something like this where that is such an essential part of it you know where their their whole thing is like yeah it is brutal and it is violent uh, and that's sort of the point of the game so removing that would be would be pretty difficult i remember that in resident evil 7 there's a scene where you go into the garage i think uh, no, it must not have been the garage. It's after you go into the garage um, where there is that police officer who gets his head chopped off and um, you have to get a key. And in the Western version, the key is located in the stump of his head and you got to stick your hand in and grab that and pull it out. Um, and in the Japanese version, the key is just on the table. <laughs> they just completely cut that because they're like, this is not going to um this isn't gonna make it so we just can't just can't include it um yeah this is this is a bummer you hate to see this sort of thing happen but um i imagine that if you are making a video game that is uh violent and and m rated or or x rated let's or z rated for zero right like you have to understand that it might not be able to be played everywhere um but it is such a bummer that it would just have to be cut outright so um, so I found an Engadget article. And I think this is an interesting kind of like connection to, um, this is from R. Mitchell, uh, dated September 10th, 2008. And the title is dead space banned in Japan, Germany, and China. 
Um, and it says, the article starts, we were, we were contacted by EA last week about the recent expedition of the Dead Space release date, and somehow we failed to notice that in the email also confirmed that Dead Space has been banned in Japan, Germany, and China. According to the email, Dead Space was banned from being sold, yes, outright banned this time, I'm correct, in Japan, Germany, and China. So there you have it, kids. It's not a rumor at all, though the matter is apparently in dispute, blah, blah, blah. So um, it sounds like this has been a, a, a similar issue um, that has happened before um, with uh, this being a problem with, with things being banned. So maybe it's not as shocking as I first thought. Sure. It's just one of those things that, like, it's a bummer. But, hey, uh, I think this game is going to be really good. <laughs> and, I know. I'm, um, to be honest, I'm a little excited for it. And I was reading about the previews, and yeah. they were like, if you like Dead Space, this, like, there's enough here that it's different, but also, like, like, is, and, is that good dead space stuff and then like it looks like again i've not played all of dead space i've played probably the first like five hours of it um not a very long game right the first one no not really that was probably like right at the end I, anyway um so um <laughs> this one looks like straight up spookier too it seems a lot more because like by the end of dead space and, and i think a lot of these like survival horror games have this problem where like by the end you've just got like buckets of ammo yeah but i, I think they've said like you're not going to be able to shoot your way out of really every situation um, and, and that it's not like, yes, it is. A, there is shooting in it, but it would, it's not like a shooter per se, you know? Mm. Um, but gosh, I'm so excited for this game. When does it come out? December, right? We're getting there. You just want it for your fantasy team. I mean, I just want to play. I, yes, December 2nd. That's actually not that far away. That is how many weeks away is that? Four weeks. One, two, three, four, and some change. Four weeks from Friday. That's like not bad. And one of those days is Thanksgiving, so we don't count that day, unless you hate your family. It's true. I hear you. One time when I, in the early years of me knowing you, um, I was like, hey, how was your Thanksgiving? And you were like, well, I spent it with family, so stressful and awful. <laughs> and I was like, oh, good. <laughs> and I, that always stuck with me. Uh, Jess, let's talk about EA. Uh, speaking of Dead Space, EA um, announced that they have made a deal to um, to make three new games based on Marvel properties. Obviously, we know that there is the Iron Man game coming at a um, coming down the line, and there is a black a, an open uh, sorry a single player open world Black Panther game also coming down the line. None of, neither of these have been like officially announced. I don't think, or maybe the Iron Man one was. Um. The Iron Man one was, but sorry, we've got at least three Marvel games coming with one of them being a complete mystery. What do you think? Three new Marvel games, single player games from um, EA. Uh, what do you think about how to, are you excited for that? What, so I'm sorry. I'm like interrupting myself. What do you think? Are you excited for this? Yeah. What's I mean, uh, if, if it's a good game, do you think one of these would be the Guardian, a Guardian sequel? Does that count? Well, that wouldn't be EA, would it? That would what, be what, who did that? So that was Eidos Montreal, who used to be Square Enix, but they got bought, and now they're under... Um, oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Um, Embracer. I think it could be potentially good. Um, it could be potentially horrible. It really kind of depends on the games and the studios that are going with it. Um, the problem I is mean, it's EA, right? Like, they have such a shady track record in terms of, like, making quality stuff and supporting it. Yeah, like, uh, Motive, like, what has Motive done recently? Like, they, they are doing Dead Space remake, right? They're doing the Dead Space remake. They did Star Wars Squadrons. 
I think they did Star Wars Battlefront <laughs> too. Okay. Uh, which isn't like <laughs> so they're not bad. They're not batting very well. Um, so I think really how I feel about this game depends on how the Dead Space, Space remix remake is. And even that, that's not like that goes back to the idea that this isn't quite an original game, which I think scares me a little bit um, when I'm thinking about like, is this going to be something I care about and like and love? Um, I will play it. I'm a I'm a, a shameless Marvel fan. Um, it's got to be better than Marvel's The Avengers, which is a very low bar. Um, so if it's not, they really, something happened there. So, um, if the story, if it is a little bit better than the Marvel's Avengers, heck, if it's the same, I will be okay with it. Yeah, I guess. I, <laughs> I guess. Well, I mean, I, I, did you play that single player yet? No. They're literally no. going to give you $5 if you download it. It's like a, a like there would be a knock on the door. Is that true? Open, no, but wouldn't that oh, be funny? No. Oh, I see. Um, I see what you're saying. <laughs> like, I, was like, I was like, well, if it's $5, yeah, whatever. Because it know. used to be $60 was too much. It used to be that it was too much when it was on yeah. Game Pass. And it's on Game PS, Pass now, right? Yeah, it's, it's still too much. So if they give you $5, would that be the thing? It's a 10-hour story, maybe. And, like... <sighs> We're going to talk about it, but, like, Gotham Knights enough said like it's gotta, <laughs> like I, like maybe i i would assume that more, i haven't played gotham knights yet i could be talking off mm-hmm. speaking out my ass but mm-hmm. i think that marvel's the avengers is a better story and how they make you switch through the characters is a much better way about going about that than it would be in gotham knights uh, i can't say because i haven't played it i don't know yeah. i mean from what i watched you play yeah, I don't know. On our bonus episode, this is from like last this week. is just like the what is the prettiest shit? You know what I mean? Like, I, I would like, still <laughs> beg to say that the single player story is a good yeah, story. Yeah, I, I know that you you and the problem with Marvel, the that, everything wrong with the Avengers has to do with the with the games of service model of it, yeah. um, and just the rep- repetition of it. Though there is still an okay game under there. Um, so uh, I, you know, <sighs> well. I, like, yeah, okay, so by the way, EA Motive has worked on Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, Star Wars Squadrons, uh, uh, Dead Space Remake, and then this Iron Man game. I don't, like, like I, I think you're totally, totally right about, like, how Dead Space comes out will be pretty telling for these games. Uh, obviously, they have a template to work off of with Dead Space, like the original Dead Space, but, like, I don't, I, yeah, that's how I feel about this. <laughs> like, I don't know, like... I hope it's good. I think if if you nail that flying in Dead Space, that that is very similar to the Iron Man flying. Um, but we'll see. I thought, yeah, was it? We didn't. Weren't, weren't they also talking about the Black Panther game? Isn't that something that was rumored um, from EA? Yeah, so, so that's rumored. It's not confirmed in the way that I think the Iron Man game is. Um, but I don't think that that is coming from. Uh, I don't think think we know who's working on that. Oh, we we do know that like. It, this is like all conjecture. It's not like confirmed or anything. But people are saying that um, Kevin Stevens, who used to be uh, toward top brass at Monolith Studios, who what was Monolith working on? Were they? Uh, no, those game studio names monolith is it monolith soft yeah okay the the shadow of mordor stuff 
I think. Yeah, they're working on the Wonder Woman stuff right now. I could be wrong. Wonder Woman's DC, Peter. I know that much. <laughs> hey, um, speaking of which, um, is Josh, mm-hmm. our man in the chair, listening right now? Has there ever been a, um, a DC Marvel crossover with Wonder Woman fighting Black Panther? I will wait Ooh, for your response. He's, he's probably he's probably leaning back in his chair right now, being like, <laughs> "Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think." Uh, that is that is too deep a question for my little brain. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, well, we'll see. I have said before that like I, I find superhero video games to be like very hit or miss. Um, I think they they tend to have one really good mechanic, and that's the stuff that I really like. Um, but I, I oftentimes find that their main mechanics are like their combat stuff. And those leave a little bit to be desired for me. Like the Spider-Man stuff. Like, I, I don't think the combat in that's very fun. Like, I think the thing that really gets me about that is the swinging and the momentum of it all. And like exploring that city. I think that's really, really fun. Whereas the just like moments, moment, like time to punch guys, like just doesn't really work for me in the same way that it does in like Arkham games and whatnot, um, which those games I think struggle from open world stuff like i don't think that those are great to explore but um who knows maybe the iron man game will be the thing that saves it and maybe um the black panther will then even be better than that Uh, but then we got another third one coming up down the lines but who knows what that Mm, is it's gonna be um howard the duck i'd play it It'd probably be really awesome, like a little platformer at least, game. At least that's completely different, right? Like, I wouldn't yeah. know what to expect from that. Yeah. Whereas, like, with both of these games, I kind of, like, not to knock them or anything before we've even seen them, but, like, I kind of feel like I know exactly what they're going to be already. Like, you would assume that a Howard the Duck game would be better than Ball in Wonderworld? One would assume that, yes. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but who knows? I hope that the Iron Man game is rated M. It won't be because it's Marvel and because they like have to go for like broad appeal. But like, if it was rated M and leaned it leaned more into like the more mature stuff in that first Iron Man movie about like Tony Stark being a complete mess of a human being and like like shooting people with real ass weapons, because like uh, Marvel, I think as it has gotten broader, like. That first Iron Man movie, you've got like a guy like running in front of the camera lit on fire by a like a flamethrower, right? Like screaming and then like falling onto like a crate of weapons and then exploding. Like that movie was like intense, right? I mean, they were generic terrorists, so you're not supposed to feel bad for them burning alive <laughs> exactly. in front of you, I guess. And, and like he, you know, he shows up and he he just flies into the into a war zone, right? And like he just has like little guns coming out of his legs and he's just like like at, like at all these people, right? Uh, and then now it's just like he just has like generic like my blasters do, do, <laughs> you know what I mean do you remember in Iron Man 2 when um, uh, Justin Hammer is that his name that's his real yes, name it is. okay when Justin Hammer um, is like testing out the other ones and they show like the footage of the other country doing it and he like gets and in the shit like, <laughs> turns all the way around yeah, yeah that's what's gonna happen like whenever you die in the game it's like a realistic death animation of like <laughs> body physics in the Iron Man suit you just need to get in weird ways I just think I think if if they lean more into something like that, I would potentially be a little bit more interested because like that would be a, a fresher take. I know that the whole idea of like R-rated superheroes at this point is sort of like passe with thing uh, not passe is maybe the wrong word, but like uh, a little bit more commonplace with things like Deadpool or The Boys or Invincible um or whatever else, right? But like it would it would be an interesting video game because I feel like that is not 
something that's really in games a lot. But again, it's Marvel, so I I would doubt that they would do that. But whatever. Justin, last thing we have here in the news is Nibel, as I know him, or at Nibelian on Twitter, um, has chosen to delete their account. If you don't know, uh, Nibel was, I guess, yeah, was a Twitter account that tweeted video game news and other uh information so like reviews he'd he'd post or they would post i don't know who they are really they'd post um like a uh like review scores and say like here's here's what scoring where and whatever kind of what we do in our metacritic (gasps) um and 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 they had a a solid following of several hundred thousand people um and today they just they just called it quits uh, here is their they, they posted a Twitter a statement on Twitter uh, and a f- more uh, a bigger statement on Patreon for their Patreon subscribers, uh, which I think they launched their Patreon earlier this year or maybe late last year. It hadn't been around for very long, um, but they this is their the statement from Patreon. Today, I will be I will move on from both Twitter and Patreon. There won't be any games coverage from me on either platform. I've learned a lot in a short period of time. Unfortunately, I was not able to create an interesting and sustainable Patreon, which is evident in the number of patrons stagnating during the first weekend and the first of many pledges being deleted during the first week. I have miscalculated the value of my Twitter activity and realized that that it is nothing worth supporting by itself for the vast majority of people. It is not me who is popular, but it is that my work is useful. It is not valuable by itself, but a comfortable time saver, but a comfortable time saver. And I get that now. I was unable to create a reliable revenue stream, but I'm still happy I gave it a shot. And I want to thank everyone on here who gave me a shot as well. I'll look into refunds for recent payments, have already deactivated the billing, and will likely close this page this week. The Discord server is obviously not coming either. It is what it is. Then there's the elephant in the room, which is the platform itself. I don't think that Twitter has yet experienced good leadership, and this trend will not change with Musk either. I do not trust the platform. I do not trust Musk and his seemingly infinite immaturity. I do not think Twitter will fall apart instantly, but that it could die a slow death. Why waste more time? Anyway, I guess that's it. The last text I'm writing here. I guess I'll have less staying, uh, staying power than a lettuce as well. Farewell, my bell. P.S. The Twitter account will stay up so nobody can cause the issue with the handle, at least for now. So there you go. Nybel's gone. It's a shame, really. Uh, I, I know that you, I don't think you followed them or really knew who they were. Um, but I followed them and I got a lot out of them. Basically, like, it's just, it was just quick hit news, right? Of like some of the biggest headlines of the week um, that they would tweet out as they sort of happened. And, you know, that, what was cool is they would link to articles. Um, uh, they would link to articles that were like writing about it and everything and, and would source the actual articles themselves. But um, yeah, they never really, uh, apparently it seemed like they never really were able to grab like any sort of monetization efforts uh, with both hands, if that makes any sort of sense. But what do you think? Um, I think it just goes to show you that um, trying to, make this stuff profitable um twitter youtube twitch anything really you're relying on so many other things 
uh, for your for your income and your revenue. Like I think what like let's just use YouTube for example. I think YouTube's a great website. I think it's a great platform, but when your livelihood is based around something you don't own, uh, they can change things at a drop of a hat. Um, I yeah. think the you know Twitter like trying to get a following on Twitter is great, and I think if you have one, that's great. But that doesn't automatically translate to dollars, to being sustainable, to living off of that. Patreons are good, but not everyone wants to pay for Patreons, even if they like someone. Um, There's so many people I listen to and engage with that have Patreons that I don't. I don't purchase that for, and it's not like a personal thing. Um, it's just I, I don't have enough time to watch all the content to begin with. So then you add that on top of it. And I get it's about supporting people, but it is just one of those hard things that. You know, so many people have these dreams about being able to like be full-time content creators and things like that. But the reality of it is it's a lot of work, it's a lot of time, and it doesn't get you a lot of money. So being able to do this kind of stuff and great uh, content like it seems like Nibel had, um, it just doesn't result in, in making it a good job for these people to keep doing. And I'm sure this person will find success wherever they are after this. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just unfortunate that, you know, someone with a following like them, how, do you know how many people they had? On Twitter, how many followers? Let me take a look. I don't know if their account is still up. Just because, like, someone uh, who, half a million. Yeah, I mean that's that's a significant number. Yes. <laughs> you know, like that. That's not like a little thing. And uh, for you know everyone to watch, um, I'm fascinated with uh, like the Mr. Beasts of the world and how mm-hmm. they are turning um, community into business how their first thing was about getting people to follow them. And now they have a, a business in, in Mr. Beast Burger and all this merch and other stuff that they created once they had their following. And right. like, I think he's looking to get a one, a one and a half billion dollar evaluation for all of the Mr. Beast properties and companies and stuff like that. That is amazing. That is a cr- incredible success. It shows you what hard work can lead to, but like that is the outlier and that yeah. is not the the thing that is going to happen for everyone. Um, and uh, I, it's just it's just really rough. I mean, this stuff is great. I love doing what we do. I wish we could make uh, you know one point five billion dollars doing this, <laughs> and like that would change my life a little bit. Um, but uh, it's just not the the reality of it a lot of the times. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I, I get it. <laughs> I we have a Patreon, right, that we plug and. I'm not saying that we are, uh, I don't know. Like, like we do a lot of, we do a lot of work for this show. Right. And, and this is, there is no way to argue that this is anything other than a labor of love and passion for you and me. Right. I mean, th- there are other reasons why we do this. Sure. But at the end of the day, like this is a labor of love because we like talking about video games. We like talking about it, the news with each other and hearing what we each have to say about this. Like, because if we had to do this for money, we we wouldn't keep we wouldn't have done 116 episodes, <laughs> right? It, it's just like it's not it, it's it's not fruitful in that way. Uh, it, it's disappointing to see someone like Nibel or Nibel. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Um, call it quits, especially because they the way they say it kind of breaks my heart about like um, how did they word it? Um uh, 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 where they said like I under I overestimated. I've miscalculated the value of my Twitter activity and realized that is nothing worth supporting by itself and for the for the vast majority of people, right? Like it was cool for me personally to see like oh here's a headline, right? But I'm also someone who's plugged in, right? Who 
who is able to, to, to sniff out like what are the big stories of the day of the week, whatever I have the time to do that. Whereas someone who's just, you know, they're trying to, trying to keep up with games media, um, might use someone like Nibel as just the, just the big headline stuff. Right. As opposed to just the minutia details of, of what different studios are talking about and doing day to day. But yeah, it, this is just a bummer for me. Um, there's not really much to say about this other than like, I do not think that Nibel will be the last person who's, who's dipping out because of the reasons like this. And I think with the whole Elon Musk takeover too, like with him being the CEO and everything now, it like, I get it. <laughs> I definitely get it. So we'll see. Yeah. So there you go. Justin, have you been playing anything this week that, that has not been mentioned thus far? Uh, so I, I got a little bit into Smash. I'm in a weird spot with my gaming right now because yeah. I'm going to be fully honest with all of you, and I know a lot of you are going to be disappointed to hear this. I have purchased Persona 5 Royal for my Switch. It Ooh, is downloaded gosh. on yes. my Switch. Yes, Dustin. But I cannot start it yet. Yeah, you're on the. You are standing on the precipice. I am there. Um, but like in the next couple, the next two weeks, like it's been a slow like week and a half, two weeks for me. And like, I still have Plague Tale, but I still need something in my portable. And I thought Persona could be yeah. fine. But, but, but Pokemon comes out soon. And God of War comes out next week. So between it those does. two things, my console time is going to be taken up, meaning I should probably be Plague Tale sooner rather than later. I don't think it's going to happen by the time God of War comes out. And um, once Pokemon comes out, I want to get that right away. And I want to get involved with that right away to be on the ground yeah. floor of that to start it. So I'm thinking that this is probably going to be like a winter break-ish game for me. But I don't know, Peter, if you know anything about my winter break, it's going to be a little busy. Uh, here's what I would suggest with Persona. To be entirely honest with you, if you, what, what did you say are the next things that you're going to be focusing on? God of War. And Pokemon. And when does Pokemon come out? The 18th. Uh, uh, December or November? Uh, November. Sad that I know this, but I'm really excited for it. <laughs> nah, dude. Nah, I, I get it. Um, so you've got a week until, you got a week and some change until God of War comes out, because that's on the 9th. And then the 18th is the Friday after that. If you started Persona 5 Royal right now and played it nonstop, you would be able to finish it by the time God of War comes out. So like 24-7, you know? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I imagine you don't have the time. <laughs> okay, I don't, okay. Think, I don't uh, think I have the time for that. I was like no, excited but, but, for real advice. <laughs> no, okay. So for the actual real advice is um, if you started it right now and played and like got through the first... Uh, uh, dungeon or palace and, and started sort of getting into like the point to the point where like you're stopping you don't need like the real tutorials anymore that is a game that I think is best enjoyed over a long period of time where you pick it up you play for an hour or two when you can and then you put it down right and while you are playing other games you're not going to forget the game's mechanics by playing God of War you're not you might forget the mechanics of I don't know like Horizon Zero Dawn if you play God of War or Last of Us 2 if you play God of War because they're similar enough right but like you're not going to forget the mechanics of Persona 5 Royal by playing God of War same thing with Pokemon you might like get a little bit more mixed up but it's Pokemon that is a tried and true method like you're not it's, it's not gonna be a problem I I think that what you need to do is at least devote the time to getting through that first dungeon which I think, I don't know what your life is like at this exact moment in terms of like time for games and stuff. 
I think you probably could do it before God of War comes out. I don't know, based on your life, but I think having a week and some change is enough to really start to get into it and to be able to get into it and be comfortable enough with putting it down for a week at a time while you play something else. Does that make sense? I I got through the first dungeon when I played Persona 5 for the first time. I got like through that initial part is where I kind of like ended up. I got right into the second one. So, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I just don't know if I'm going to necessarily have time to because that's like, what, four or five hours at the most? I don't remember. But something (laughs) like that. Yeah. but uh, I know it's just it's just one of those things that I was waiting so long for. And it's like just came out at the wrong junction. Like if it yes. came out when Splatoon came out, I'd been yeah, on been perfect. that. That was yeah. a perfect time for that. I put fucking 33 hours in a Splatoon 3. Um, Oof. I know. But speaking of games that put too much time in Smash Brothers, I was I've been playing that more. I'm trying to get back into it. That's a great TV watching game at this point. Um, sure. so I'm trying to like improve myself and my skills a little bit. So what I keep doing is I just random select a character and I keep playing with that character till I win three times in a row. Then I move on to the next one. Oh, that's um, kind of fun. So it's pretty, I'm pretty like fine at that. Like sometimes it'll take me like five. That's usually the average because I'm, a, I'm, I would say I'm an above average smash player specifically against computers. I'm like closer to like being good at the computer thing. Sure. Um, but I, I, I ran into Pikachu, man. I had to be Pikachu. It probably took me. <laughs> it probably took me to get three games with that motherfucker. It probably took me about fifty fucking matches, and really? I'm sitting there with being Pikachu? like, "This Pikachu is not a good character." And then I fucking look at all these tier lists, and they're like, "Pikachu S tier, guys, S tier." I'm like, "You're no, because no. he's quick, he's fast. He's not. He's not an S tier. He's that a up, he's a horrible up tier." I so hope like, Pikachu dart around. Pikachu needs to go. He needs to Versatile. go away. It, it ruined. I, I don't think I can open up that game again because Pikachu ruined it for me. It was so bad that after I finally beat my third match with Pikachu, I was like, OK, I got to go back to some link power here. And I just owned a level one Jigglypuff because that's the kind of mood I was that's in. That's what you needed. I needed yeah. it. I needed it. Um, but yeah, I think I think the problem with my skills in Smash is when you get a character like that that requires knowing a good like set of combos and things like that. Mm-hmm. I just don't have that kind of like muscle memory to like play that kind of level. So that's where I, yeah. where I think my skill level is never going to to max out um, at this point. But boy, is that a fucking good game? Yeah, it's funny. I, so I have a shirt that it's got the full roster of the Smash Melee character list. And like, it's so quaint now. Like I remember like as a kid, like playing that game and being like, there's a thousand characters in this. And then I look at it and like, are there what 20? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, wow, there's really nothing here uh, when compared to uh, Smash Ultimate, which is a a billion. What is it? Yeah, It's like too too many. Like you're on like an 80 inch screen TV and you still can't read all the damn names of all the things. It's so hard. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I've been playing near. I've been playing that on the switch because I did some traveling and um it's still a good game i i like that a lot i'm actually i'm taking a lot more time with it now i'm doing a lot of the side quests that i sort of didn't do um on my first time through um there's a lot of cool stuff in there that that near automata Uh, i would love a switch port of near replicant um just because i would love to revisit that and the switch is like exactly where i want to play it but uh and then uh like i said i finished modern warfare 2 i'm playing more gotham knights that game has grown on me a little bit, but I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome or not. Like, 
I, I think that because of my job, like of having to do the more grindy stuff in order to tell people like, hey, here's where the fun is hidden. Like, I, I think that that's maybe why I'm enjoying it a little bit more because I have gotten the ability to fly. I have gotten like uh, unlocked the cooler uh, combos and uh, not combos, but like um, they're called momentum abilities, which are just like your special moves and stuff like that. I have unlocked the the cooler aspects of the game because I've done the grindy stuff because uh like I've had to for work, you know what I mean? But I don't know if that makes it a good game. <laughs> like, is this, yeah. Is the story growing on you? Cause I think I get where the gameplay is, but like, is there anything about that that's causing you to like, kind of like can't put it down? No, I can put it down just fine. Okay. Is there anything um, that's causing you to be like, I'm thinking about this a little bit after I put it down? No, <laughs> uh, n- no, not really. Uh, it's a good, it's a good collectathon if you don't like it's a good collectathon if you're following a guide because oh, uh, so that's no so the answer is no uh, yeah <laughs> I, I think like I said last week or maybe the week before whenever we were talking about this first uh, this is a game that I think people who like superhero stuff or, or like specifically the Batman and the Bat family like I think they will get something out of this uh, because it's that like to a T but me someone who doesn't really vibe with that sort of stuff and someone who um like isn't craving more of that i'm just not impressed by it at all and it's it's just clunky enough for me to be like yeah i'm good but who knows i might see it to the end for work (laughs) (laughs) i've done a lot of endorsement (laughs) yeah yeah it's just like i did a boss fight against harley quinn uh, she's one of the side like there's like side missions that you do that are pretty substantial that I think are pretty cool. Uh, and I just did a boss fight against her. And like that was a fun enough fight. Um, she was because you know why it was fun is because she she's a new enemy type. Um, I, I When we did our, our look at it yet last week for the uh, bonus show, like I, I said that there's only two enemy types and like that's technically true but like some of them will bring out different weapons and stuff like that i would never call it like there i would never say like wow there's like way more like classes and stuff um but like she's a new enemy type because she played really aggressively and like you had to really like figure out the dodge button uh and stuff like that like and and figure out like when to counter and when to when to attack when she's vulnerable and when to give her space so that you can avoid her attacks and stuff like that but like yeah that was fun because she was different but how Those far in the game was that? Like, was that like pretty like late or no? So so her side quest unlocks pretty early on in the game, like in the first like real mission after the prologue, you go visit her and then you unlock the ability to like continue her side quest. Um, so so that can be accessed pretty early on. But yeah, it, uh, I, I think Batman fans will enjoy it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with liking it, um, but I think that if you are like looking for if you're like a i don't know like a new batman fan or like looking for a batman game recommendation like this is not where you would start fair, so there you go fair fair so hey that is our show thank you so much for listening we will catch you next week i don't know what we're talking about because i can't predict the news okay i'm sorry 
I can't predict the news. You um, caught us. You know what we yes, will be Justin. talking about? God of War impressions and reviews. Really? Next week? Yeah. Is is it in in, in don't they uh the 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 date is uh the third? Thursday? No, doesn't it come out? Oh, 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 the embargo. Yeah, the, we'll talk about the embargo. The so we will we will be hyped yes. and jacked about it. And then we will I will spend reviews. most of the day on Wednesday playing that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> do, you have that, do you have that day off or are you taking that day off? Or are you just saying like you're getting home from work and you're just like sitting down and like jamming on that? <laughs> I'm feeling a preemptive cold coming on. <laughs> like I, I can feel it that Thank you're you. going to be sick in a week and two I mean, days. I mean, who's to say? Who's to say really? But I mean... It's true. It's true. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Join us on Discord. Link to that is in the description of the episode. Follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. Give us a rating on your podcast player. No pressure. Or support us on Patreon if you've got the extra cash. Until next time, we will catch you later. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs>